Welcome to Lord Bear Me Strength. This is the podcast where we ask God to bear us some strength. And then we use that strength to pray without ceasing and talk about beer and digest the issues. Sometimes we quote the office. For your edification and our enjoyment. Because we have freedom in Christ. You're Lisa. And you're Marge. Now Lord, bear us strength. Well, Lisa, welcome to Lord Fear Me Strength. Welcome as well to you, Marge. Thank you. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me out. Yeah, thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. This is your room. <laughs> Again, we don't have beer. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about it until just now. Just water for us today if we get parched. <laughs> yeah, more water. Wet water. Moving on. And she doesn't like that. <laughs> I don't know why you started if you don't it's like true. it. It's because it makes that's me, on you. You made me think of it every time I think of water now. So. Uh huh. Anyway, You're welcome. What are we talking about today? Today we are going to start a new series that I would like to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This series is. I mean, can I interject already? Of course. This is your podcast. I just spit a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> they can't tell. It's okay. Oh, good. I can't tell either. You can't hear that. Um, oh, my interjection was that I also would, I would like to. Do this series. Oh, good. Okay. I was worried. It's going to make it a lot easier if you are on board. Um, yeah, series called blank is not a bad word. So every time we do one of these episodes, we will fill in the blank with something else. Mm-hmm. That we have learned along our journey is not a bad word. Or it has changed connotations for us, I guess is a way of putting it. So today, what are we looking at, Marge? Self-esteem. Self-esteem. What are the connotations of self-esteem for you? Uh, when, you, hear, you have... <laughs> when you hear that term... Self-esteem. What do you think? Yeah. Honestly, my first thoughts are bad. Right? Yeah. And, like, specifically? Sinful. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's uh, prideful, selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, like, the, those are the first words. Okay. Do you know, like... Why? Where does that come from? Uh-huh, yeah, I know why. Okay. Can you tell us? <laughs> sure. Um, church. The, I well, mean, let's talk about that. <laughs> like, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, oh, yeah, so I grew up uh, very, I mean, anytime self-esteem came up in a lesson or something, if it was in school or if it was in a sermon or Sunday school or whatever, small group it was always like presented in a way mm-hmm. where it was a bad thing mm-hmm. and it was just all those things that i just said like mm-hmm. um that god didn't want you to have he doesn't want you to be um prideful mm-hmm. so don't think of yourself too much mm-hmm. and don't think of yourself highly don't think of yourself like loving yourself that whole disney message was really frowned upon mm-hmm. and following your heart i think was part of that. And then another one is, uh, like, when the whole mental health movement, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, mm-hmm. uh, became more popular and... <laughs> popular is the right word. But, like... It kind of hit our little circle. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so, like, the term worthy was, like, I am worthy or something. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, you're definitely not worthy. And don't ever think that you're worthy because um, that whole message of disgusting kind of filthy sinner you were nothing but like filthy rags to god Mm -hmm. and you have 
no worth, no value apart from God. Right. And you have no um, reason to be alive apart from God. And so you should serve God with everything in your being. Mm-hmm. And you should do whatever he tells you to do. And I mean, for me, like, if you listen to my testimony, like, that's a huge part of my story. And it continues to be so because I've been, like, living this way. And we just talked about that. But, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, So ever since I was very little, (laughs) I have had negative connotations of the term self-esteem and self-respect. Like, I remember being in third grade. Very clearly, I remember this day, and I don't remember what necessarily we were talking about in third grade, except that my teacher mentioned self-esteem, and we were talking about it as a class. And I was listening... But I remember thinking, self-esteem is for brats. Like, the kids that I know that have self-esteem are all brats. Mm. Like, they all think they're so great, and they're not. And so I made, like, this choice as, like, a nine-year-old kid that I would not be one of those people who thought they were great when they really weren't. Mm -hmm. So made a choice as a kid to not have self-esteem because I thought that that would make me a better person. Hmm. If you had bad self-esteem? If I didn't, if I did like what you were saying, if I didn't think of myself much and I didn't think much of myself. Mm. So I just really made that like a goal of mine from a a young age to not be prideful, Mm -hmm. you know? So how does that like manifest itself? Well... In a lot of ways, it turns out. Tell me. Well, I will, but then you're going to have to go, too. We're going right. to hear out how this affected both of us. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, it kept me really quiet. I know that uh, I was very easily intimidated until recently. Like, I know that some people, I've told this to some people, and they don't even believe me because my personality kind of seems like I'm not easily intimidated. And... I'm telling you it's an act. <laughs> it's more like a defense mechanism. It is absolutely a defense mechanism. Yeah, or a coping skill. The terrified, quivering mess that you are inside, mm-hmm. right? So... You're like, what's the word? You're like, overcorrecting? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I swung too far mm-hmm. the other direction. So, anyway, I, I, I think some people, they saw the, the red hair... And they, I mean, I'm loud. Everybody can tell that I'm loud. And so they see these things and they think that I probably do have great self-esteem, you know, that I am, Mm. I'm this sassy little girl, (laughs) but like any little things could just like completely shut me down. And then I just, I had no way of recovering Mm. and I had no way of seeing that there was anything wrong with not being able to recover and just... Like, I was very easily pushed around by other kids, you know. Um, I really wasn't comfortable being a girl. And I felt like the fact that I was a girl was like this huge failure that everyone could see. Because boys were so much better. You know, everyone likes boys. This was what was going on in my mind. I believed very firmly that everyone liked boys more than they like girls, that girls were like this second place kid trophy. You're, you know, parents all want kids. They love their kids, right? 
They love the boys a little more. Mm. You know? And so, like, all my friends that were girls, like, I legit thought that that's what their lives were like, too. Mm. And so, like, I'd go over to their houses or whatever, and it would, like, really confuse me, the dynamics there and stuff. So, I just, like, really, I didn't get it. But I knew that I, like, I wanted to do the things that boys were doing, but I wasn't invited to these things. You know, like, Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts get to do cool stuff, man. Or at least they used to. I know it's changed now. But, you know, when I was a kid, I knew, you know, I'd met Tim when we were kids, and I knew that he was going on all these fun, sweet camping trips, you know? He would meet up for his Boy Scout meetings, and they would learn how to tie knots. Mm -hmm. They would learn how to trap animals. Yeah. They would learn how to build their own stinking canoe and then (laughs) float it down the river. Yeah. This was stuff I was interested in. And the Girl Scouts sell cookies. I went to two Girl Scout meetings that I remember. Yeah. Do you want to guess what we did? What'd you do? At the first one, we baked bread. (laughs) Do you want to guess what we did the second one? (laughs) I'm not even kidding. What's the second one? Second one, (laughs) we wrote poetry. Oh, no. (laughs) And I said, when do we go camping? (laughs) They're like, we don't go camping. I was like, well, dang. So I checked out. That was my experience as a Girl Scout. I didn't even get to the cookies. Oh my gosh. Poetry and bread. And so there's just so much disappointment around that and Sorry, there's no confusion. Sorry, poetry. No, you're right. There's not because it's awful. Hate poetry. I don't get it. Now I understand why you hate poetry a little bit more. There you go. Yeah. Yeah illumination into my life. Mm-hmm. I've been scarred. Yeah. Been scarred by poetry. Poetry robbed me. Well, maybe I can, like, introduce it to you in a, in a okay. better way. Yeah. Find me the good stuff about camping and canoeing. I like... And trapping animals. Okay. Is there poetry about dirt? <laughs> yes, actually. Okay. Good. Anyway. I would like that. But, okay, so that's just what I saw growing up. There's There's something that I noticed, again, around, like... 10 or 11 years old. And I feel like I'm the only one that's ever noticed this. And it drives me crazy. Name an animated kids show for me. Anyone? Not even a kids show. Just name an animated show. Uh, Avatar. Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Okay. How many male main characters are there in Avatar? Like three. How many female? One. Well, there get to be two eventually. I haven't gotten that far. Oh, sorry. Spoiler Have you watched alert. it all? Yeah. Damn. One of the best shows ever made. What the heck? Uh-huh. We need to talk. Okay. <laughs> After this. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So three boys to mm-hmm. two girls, right? Mm-hmm. That is the exact ratio that occurs over all of television. I have watched thousands of hours <laughs> of animated TV shows. You're being modest. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want anyone to know how much TV I actually watch. But this has been like a research project of mine uh-huh. since youth. Mm. Noticing that there is an inordinate amount of boys represented than girls. Like even for VBS characters. We have, five, we have five days of VBS, right? Mm-hmm. And every time there's like a little character that represents some theme for the day. Right? Mm-hmm. Always three boys 
and two girls. There may have been one exception at one point. And all the, I'm talking about growing up even, all the years of VBS I've been participating in. There's always three boys and two girls. Hmm. And look at, like, I dare you. That's weird. Even the, Okay, let's take the best animated show ever made, Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Two boy main characters, one girl. And then most of the side characters are also male. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching stuff like this, and this is what I'm talking about, how it gets into your head. The implicit message over all these years is that girls matter less. Mm. Boys are more interesting. Boys are what people want to watch. Girls are just kind of there. So that's the message that I entered adulthood with. And it just continued from there. I'll play devil's advocate. Like, what about shows where it's just girls? Where it's just girls? Like the Powerpuff Girls or something. Well, I didn't watch those. Yeah, because so. <laughs> yeah, they sucked. <laughs> because nobody cared. Well, I know that people didn't care. But no, I, I legit... Oh, the, Okay, so the one exception is My Little Ponies. <laughs> and the new My Little Ponies show, at least, like, I don't remember when we quit having Netflix. They were on, like, season six or something. It was still quality. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big My Little Ponies fan <laughs> as a kid. Nice. I mean, I was not into much girly girl stuff. Yeah. I loved me some ponies. Uh-huh. Yes. Because of the horse mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I had, they were my jam. It was my little ponies. <laughs> they were like my biggest girly concession. I did not play Barbies. I did not, I don't know what the girls do. I didn't learn how to do my hair or my makeup. Or bake bread. I No, I, I made cookies. You know, everybody loves cookies. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> But it's not bread. It's not a monster. Right, yeah. <laughs> not nuts. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, love me some ponies. And that one is a, a female-led show, so. That is There's reminded one. me <laughs> of your answer last time. You were just talking about, like, baking cookies. Yeah. Like, I love me some ponies. Horse. <laughs> 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 Best kind of meat horse. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I don't know. I've never had it. <laughs> That's refreshing. I'm sure it's true, though. <laughs> I would be interested, though, to hear about how it affected you, too. Uh, I would like to hear your side of that experience. So we're talking self-esteem. Yes. Um, yeah, like being a girl definitely mm. plays a part in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think it if. I mean, I know it affects men as well because... Right. Like, but we're not men, so we can't really... We don't have that perspective. Yeah. So, um, so you just get one perspective. That's <laughs> you get, it. Well, yeah. you get two perspectives from two different yeah. women, but like... Who unfortunately have fairly similar experiences. So it's one perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it's one and a half perspective. <laughs> That's more than you get in some podcasts. <laughs> we have 50% more perspective. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> My perspective uh, on self-esteem, like, it manifested itself in, you know, like, things like thinking that I'm less than, that I'm not important, that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, doing things for myself felt wrong. Mm-hmm. And not always. Like, I would, I would like, reward myself with stuff, like mm-hmm. any normal human. Yeah. But, like, I would feel bad about it, you know? Yeah. And it was, like, it's, I think it's, this is an extreme, but. Uh, what is it called? Self. I'm trying not to say flatulence because oh, flagellating, flagellating. Yes, I'm like it's uh-huh. not flatulence. It's another thing. <laughs> no. Flagellate, self flagellation. Self flagellation. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, that's the extreme. Uh huh. But it's, I mean, extreme like masochistic kind of 
yeah tendencies yeah like but those can be extreme internally as well as externally Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like um so it comes in the form of depriving yourself of things Mm -hmm. and then um giving yourself too much of one thing and that much of one thing for me was thinking so my thinking about Mm. myself Mm -hmm. was horrible Mm. um i didn't think i was worth the time i don't Mm -hmm. think like every everyone else is worth the time Mm -hmm. and for some reason everyone else is worthy of love but i'm not and like that was Mm. it's contradictory that's like Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense that's not logical but yeah, for some reason, I, I felt very isolated and like I was the only one who should feel bad about myself, um, which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. But like talking about it now, I was like, what, why didn't I say anything? It was good because I didn't think I was worth fighting for. I didn't think I was worth like even even doing um, art like mm. um, I could not even like in your art class, I couldn't make mm. myself do art for me. Like, it mm. had to be for someone else. Mm. And I don't... Mm. I still struggle with that because I can't... I love doing art. And, like, um, it's always for someone's birthday or a Christmas present or mm. to make someone laugh or something. Mm. Like, we did... I think we did um, Abe Lincoln. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. And, like, I drew his face. And I was pretty proud of it. Yeah. But, like, I, I couldn't help myself because, like, it was supposed to be... Just, you know, drawing faces. But, right. Um, like, I drew, like, a stick figure underneath his huge head and, like, wrote, like, a quote bubble or something. I like, this. I never lie. Because oh. it's a quote from yep. um, Night at the Museum. Uh-huh. I think I still have it in the garage or something. Oh, my goodness. But um, I couldn't have just drawn it uh-huh. and been happy with it. Right. Like, just to let it be what it is. I had to, like, make it have a purpose. Huh. And that purpose was to, like, make other people laugh. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so that's just my natural state in general. Like, I can keep giving examples of stuff like that, but that's like, I don't think I'm worth the time and space unless I'm contributing in some way. And that comes from, it comes from a lot, but a huge part of that is uh, being told that self-esteem, that being worthy and, and holy and blameless mm-hmm. isn't who you are. And I remember one year at Super Summer, actually, um, there was a guy teaching on what being holy means. Mm-hmm. And me and this other girl, we were both, like, really confused afterwards mm-hmm. because he was saying, like, God has made you holy. He has made, mm-hmm. like, you were created for his good pleasure and mm-hmm. he wants you to partake in his holiness. And, and he has made you holy. Like, you were, and it was, like... We were super confused afterwards, hmm. and like, cause we weren't hearing that, right? And or if we were, we weren't picking up on it. But like, looking back, like I can see how I came to that conclusion because of the, like how you said, um, or implicit those hmm. those things that are like subconsciously happening right. in a way, but they're like implied, yeah, and um, like those things. Like, nobody comes out and says, right, you're not included in, like, when we say that you're holy and blameless and all these things, nobody comes out and says that you're not included in that, but your brain says you're not included in that. Yeah, you kind of, like, fill in the uh-huh. line yourself. Yeah, like, that's for everybody else, yeah. not me. At least I did. Yeah. Like, I can't speak for everyone, but, I mean, you did too. No, that's exactly 
how I would feel about stuff like that. Like, I'd hear it, and a part of me would want so bad to believe it. Mm. But then another part of me would be fighting that part, saying, well, you know the truth. Uh You know the truth about yourself, that you're not good enough. You know, and that part would always win. And so, like, as I was preparing to talk about this stuff, I was thinking about how, you know, when you're raised like that, and that's where your head is at, you've got that perspective, like, you're hearing things differently than other people are hearing them. Everybody is coming from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So no matter what is being said, everybody's going to hear it based on where they're at at the time. So I can look back and I can see lots of really well-meaning messages put out there for me to receive that were just never able to be processed Mm. by my head. I can see where parents and teachers and pastors were saying, you know, these things to try to counteract what I was actually believing, and it just couldn't get through. And all those negative voices that were, like, crowding out my brain were, they all got there somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, they got there from just, like, a million different experiences, uh, all just compounding to form the overall message that my brain received, you know, just from childhood up and I can see well there were people out there that were trying to combat or also people that were adding to yeah these really negative thoughts about myself and just like they're contradictory too it yes and it's this constant like war it feels like going on in your head but at least for me I know that the one that consistently won out was this negative one with not having great self-esteem, I think, when it's almost like you're looking for it, mm-hmm. um, when it's something you naturally deal with. Mm. Like, if you have depression, you're kind of looking for reasons to be depressed. Mm. Or if you're anxious, you're looking for, you know. Yeah. So, so I think when we were talking to people who don't have self-esteem problems, their view on everything is that I am, like, the best at everything. Mm. And that's how they look for everything. Mm -hmm. And they look to see how they're best. And I don't understand that because I'm not that way. But um, that's what they're looking for. That's what they're seeing. And so when people tell them, or when they they say, like, I I wish someone would just, like, slap me and, and, you know, get me in line. Uh um, uh, They mean it because, like, that's, their heart is to be more like Christ in a humble way. Mm. And, but to... Um, blanket that over everybody mm. um, is, I think, it's like not true. And I'm not saying that all people aren't inherently prideful, but it manifests in very different ways. And to say everyone needs to self-flagellate or whatever mm-hmm. in this way, in this belittling of yourself, mm. or like mm-hmm. you need to like really have an ego check. Right. You know? Like some people do. Other some people... people do. Their ego check is to turn it up a bit. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yes. So not it, everyone needs to be taken down a peg. Yeah. Some people are already hopeless, and some people are already in despair over their sin, over right. their being and their presence, and like just being mm-hmm. is hard for some yeah. people. And some people don't need to be more hopeless. Some people need hope.
So as far as that kind of message goes, I keep coming back to this illustration in my own life. I have two dogs and I love your dogs. I love both of my dogs as well. But <laughs> they are special. Yeah. And I chose They fit right in. Both of them and they serve a purpose. They each have their own purpose at our place. Uh-huh. They are very different. So, I have Kevin. Most people know about Kevin. Mm-hmm. And he is he's going to be 5. He is I he's the only dog I've ever obtained as a puppy. He's really? the only puppy I've ever had, and I've had dogs most of my life. So I got him knowing that he was three-quarters corgi, one-quarter border collie, and he was going to need a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And he was going to need an owner who understood dogs so that I could teach him the manners that he would need to be <laughs> a, a contributing citizen of the family, <laughs> right? So that's what we did. We got him into obedience classes right away. I taught the kids how to interact with him to keep him from becoming a bully or uh, belligerent or whatever. Wanted to make sure that he would obey. And that came in really handy because I had to call him back. From, I took him to the market one time with me when he was little. And he almost ended up in the highway. Mm. And I called him back to me just as a, a semi was flying right past. Like, that dog was almost a pancake. But because I'd taken him to obedience, he... New to understand, and I don't know why the semi didn't scare him away sooner than that, but whatever. Uh, he's a well-adjusted young man and a joy and a delight to be around, mm-hmm. right? That dog is one of the most confident people I know. <laughs> and I wish that I could be more like him. My dog is my hero. He loves people. Mm-hmm. He is, like I said, he's just, he's great. <laughs> so... There's Kevin. I also have Ivy. Most people don't even know I have Ivy. If you've never been to my house, you'd have no idea that I have another dog. If you do come to my house, you'll know Ivy is by the the gimpy, gargoyle-looking, skeletal creature that greets you at the driveway. (laughs) Some of us like gargoyles, okay? (laughs) Well, I mean, I like her too, but my relationship with her is completely different than my relationship with Kevin. Do tell. Because Ivy I obtained when she was about 18 months old. Previously to this, she'd been in a foster situation. Previously to that, she had been, best we can tell, tied up on a chain in somebody's backyard, left to die. Mm. She had had puppies and had um, weaned them by the time we adopted her, but you could feel every bone in her body. Mm. And she constantly thought she was starving to death. So she'd climb up on the counters and she had raging food aggression. She did not have any manners. She ate one of my chickens whole. <laughs> I came home to find her chewing on the only part of this chicken that was left, which was one of its legs. <laughs> and this was when she was still new. Oh my God. I didn't know what I was going to do with this dog. At one point I almost rehomed her because I was like, this, this dog is nuts. You know, she was driving Tim nuts. She's just crazy. She was trying to eat my cat, chasing the cat around. So at some point, we still lived in town, but we had a fenced yard. And I was like, look, she's just going to be an outside dog. It's better for everybody if she just stays outside all the time. I got her a doghouse. She was great. She could run around. She had lots of energy. She was fine. Mm -hmm. We moved to the country, and she starts crossing Highway 47 every day to nosh on this dead deer on the other side of the road. Mm. Inevitably gets hit by a car, breaks her elbow, 
take her to the vet and said she might recover. She might need an amputation. They put her in a cast. She kept the leg, but that was eight years ago. And since then, she's kind of just fallen apart. Yeah. Like, she used to be this graceful, athletic animal. And now she can barely walk. Um, She's only 10 now. She'll be 11. But uh, when I got her, it was because I wanted a dog in my life. I didn't have a dog that I could take for walks and play fetch with and snuggle and all these things. So I got her. Not knowing everything that she'd been through. And I found out real fast, she's not a snuggler. She can't play fetch. Because the minute you move your arm too fast, she runs and hides and cowers and cries. Mm. Like you're going to beat the crap out of her. This dog is so traumatized and so scarred by stuff that is not my fault that I cannot interact with her in the way that I would like to. Even though things that I would like to do for her are... Universally healthy, right? Playing fetch, going for walks, snuggling. Those are all good for dogs. Those are all good things. They are things that facilitate relationship with a dog. I cannot do those with her because that is not where she's at. It is best for her in her situation if she just, if she lives outside, she has her dominion out like the yard around the driveway and stuff she's got her bed out there she's got her food separate from kevin so she doesn't rip his face off and she lives her life and i love her and i pat her but she doesn't want much more than like a pat on the head it makes her uncomfortable and she cries and it hurts you know it causes her physical pain to snuggle more than that so i give her what she can handle and we leave it at that all that to say there's two different kinds of people when it comes to certain messages. There are people that need to hear it, and it's good for them. You can play fetch with these people. You can take them outside. You can throw the ball all day. It's healthy. It's good for them. You both benefit. Mm-hmm. There's some people that need you to stop, mm-hmm. even though playing fetch is great. And it's, it is good. It is not for them. Not at this time. That is not where they're at. To play fetch with them right now. Mm-hmm would be more damaging and more traumatizing and it would compound what they've already been through. So take this metaphor, apply it to any number of messages. The message that we're sinners. Okay? True. Some people need to hear it more than others. Some people need you to lay off and to hear that they are loved and valued by God and cherished and then maybe heal so that they get to a point where they can hear that they're sinners in need of the love or the sacrifice that Jesus provided, you know, to pound the message into some people's heads that they, they're worthless apart from Christ does more harm than good. doesn't mean that there's not an element of truth to it. If that's where you're at, great. I just think it would be more helpful and more conducive to sharing the gospel to know that some people need you to not at this time. Wow. I got chills. Oh, my. Well, that's because the fan is on. No, it's not. <laughs> Marge, I have a question for you. Yes. Okay, so what is something that you think you'd be really good at that you've not tried yet in your life? Hmm. That is a good question. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hmm. That I haven't tried yet. Right. You just have some instinct that you would be a natural at. You just need the chance. 
And maybe a little bit of instruction, you uh, know, like to get started. Oh, duh. Yeah. This is uh, easy. Okay. I knew there was something. I think I would be really good at drums. That's what I was going to say! This is why I've been thinking about it all week. Because I am like, why is Marge not a drummer? I just feel like it just is so obvious. Like, I want Marge to play the drums. <laughs> Yeah. That is funny. That's great. Huh. I just don't have the money for a drum set. Right. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. Would you That's want, funny. like, electric ones so you can... Well, probably for the sake of my neighbors. Of where you live. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I could have an acoustic set at your house and just kind of... We have an acoustic guys... set. Oh, really? That I bought for Tim, like, 15 years ago, and he hardly ever uses because he wants electric. Yeah. So, but it's it's there. Huh. It's really... Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's what you were thinking. I walked past that drum set the other day, and I had this vision of you playing and just, like, rocking it, you know, just going nuts. I was like, this, why is this not real? I know. It's literally because I don't have money for drums. That's why, because they're Mm. kind of expensive. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Well, we should should try to make that happen. (laughs) That just cracks me up. That's funny. Because we have not talked about this before. No, I've never, no. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> now it has to happen. It has to happen. Now it's just a matter of time. Uh-huh. We're going to get you on the drums. Yeah. Okay. We'll start a GoFundMe. GoFund Marge's <laughs> drum set. Yes. I think there have to be people that feel the same way I do. Uh-huh. There have to be more out there Or maybe we should be to happen. a GoFundMe for Tim's electric set so I can steal his acoustic set. No, because I want you to have the electric set. He's never he's not gonna play the drums anymore. He's off the worship team. So <laughs> forget about him. Uh-huh. We'll get you some electric drums. Okay. And then you can crush it any time of day. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm down. That's salt. <laughs> I mean well what would you say? Can I ask you that? Uh well I had thought about drums for myself too, but I have tried. Oh really? And it did not take you know, like when I'm just listening to a song or whatever, I feel like I can do like a little tappy tap yeah, along with sure. it, okay? Sure. And then it did not turn into actual skill, like on actual drums. Hmm. Uh, but one of my things I think about a lot is like oil paints. Yeah. You know, like one of these days I am going to try cool. oil paints. Because I know like what I want, what I think about a lot is like how detailed you can get like you can load up a tiny little brush with oil paint and it doesn't dry like acrylic does before you get it uh, you know like so you can get the fine lines and Mm -hmm. stuff but like with acrylic you have to water it down to get a fine line most of the time and by then it's like Mm -hmm. too thin Mm -hmm. for it to be effective so that's why i think about tiny little brushes when i think about (laughs) doing oil paints oh the detail i could get the tiny brushes (laughs) they're so cute for the tiny brushes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I could. I can't believe you haven't tried it yet. I just. Is it just because of the money? Like, because you don't have them? I mean, now it's not about the money. Now I could do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not poor anymore, <laughs> which I still have to remind myself of sometimes because mm-hmm. it feels so wrong. You're still in that mindset. I'm still in the mindset, and now I've built it up, you know? Yeah. How many years have I wanted to try? Like, 30 years? Yeah. So now what I'm if just... you're not good at it? <laughs> be devastating. Well, yeah, that's with me with drums, too. It's like... <sighs> But I like I don't want to die and not have tried. Exactly, right? So it has to happen, but now there's all this build up and Yeah. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Okay.
<laughs> You've convinced me. Okay. <laughs> Done. I wish you would have said that earlier. Where were you? <laughs> okay, Lisa, I have a question for you. Okay. You said you were good at school. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what were you good at? This is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. What were you good at? Like, what didn't you like? Mm. And Okay. And, like, have you ever thought about going back to school? Or? Oh, yeah, I think about it all the time. Almost everybody that I've been friends with for the last several years and is my age has gone back to school <laughs> and finished a degree or gotten a new one. And so I'm watching all my friends. You so know, like, you want to go back to school because... I do not want to go back to school. <laughs> I think about it, and I realize that is the last thing I want to do. So when I say I was good at school, I was really good at packing information into my brain just long enough to take tests mm-hmm. so that I always got straight A's. The first time I didn't get an A in a subject was in college, and I got a D on a chemistry test, and it half killed me. Hmm. And so then I had to readjust and figure out, you know, what this teacher wanted me so I could pack that knowledge in my brain enough to go take the next test. And then I got an A. My average came out to a B that semester. Mm -hmm. But, like, as far as I know, that's like the first B I ever got. Wow. So. I'm impressed. I could do that with any subject. I'm not shocked, but I'm impressed. (laughs) I had to, like, work harder at math. Yeah. Because it didn't come naturally to, to me, but I could sit down and learn how to do, like, whatever, as long as I, like, I just had to dedicate, like, whole evenings to it mm-hmm. and really sweat over it, but I could get it in there. So that was really my main skill. What subjects came naturally to you? Oh, science. So, like, I took my, uh, what do you call it? Not the SAT. ACT? The ACT test after being at camp for a week. Uh-huh. Um, with our school. I just showed up. <clears throat> Got home on a Friday. Hadn't studied at all for the ACT. Like, a lot of my friends were, like, really cramming. Uh-huh. They brought, like, study books to camp and whatnot. And so, uh, like, they offered to share. I didn't have one. They offered to share. And I was like, no, I'm just going to see how this goes. So, my sister and I both just showed up at the ACT testing center. She got a 28 and I got a 29, but I got a 34 Dude. on the science section. Oh my gosh. And just because, I mean, I'm saying all the encyclopedias and stuff, it was all up there because hmm. it was just what my brain was already interested in. So it was important to me and just, I retained it. Mm-hmm. I only got one question wrong on that one, I remember. You remember it? Uh-huh. No, I don't remember what the question was. Because they don't tell you, do they? I, I saw my results, but it wasn't like... The questions weren't on there. I don't think it yeah. was just the numbers of, you know, what I got. So, yeah, I only missed one out of that whole section. And I was, like, so close. I, yeah. <laughs> then I felt robbed. <laughs> but, yeah, like, on math, I got, like, a 25. So it all averaged out to a 29. Huh. And a lot of my friends had gotten, like, 21, 20 <laughs> after studying. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. sorry. <laughs> hmm. So that's what I was good at. Really, I mean, it was just, it's like... A party trick. You can load your brain up with knowledge <laughs> just long enough. To BS. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for science. I kept that for real. Hmm. What sciences did you take in... Like oh. in college? Well, yeah, but you can go back further if you want. I mean, the only 
Okay, so that's not true. I know in 10th grade I had chemistry, and that was the biggest disappointment of my... Well, no, chemistry in general was the biggest disappointment of my life, because in high school I only had, like, the videos to watch other kids do experiments. You know, I didn't get to actually do the experiments because mm-hmm. it was like this self-guided curriculum thing. Mm-hmm. So you sit and you watch other kids have all the fun. And then I told myself, it's fine because I'll go to college and then I'll get to do the actual experiments. Well, A, chemistry in college is all freaking math. Mm-hmm. Huge algebraic equations. It gave me the anxiety just looking at it. I still don't know how I did that. <laughs> I did it. I passed, but there's, I I mean, it would make brain matter leak out of my ears if I tried to do it now. (laughs) But then the other thing was, we actually did get to do experiments, but it was legit bottles of liquid that then you use this little pipette, Uh you squeeze it out, and you put it in like another bottle, and that's all I remember doing. (laughs) Like transferring pipette (laughs) amounts of liquid from one to another. Uh Nothing ever smoked. Nothing ever turned blue. Nothing ever exploded. That's all I wanted mm-hmm. was to just. I, okay, so I remember there was one explosion where we no, we got oh. some kind of like I think it changed colors to like brown. Ooh, you know, right? Fun. And I was like Science super excited something was actually happening because I legit waited, you know, nineteen years for this. <laughs> So here's this actual chemical reaction. Finally, I'm in a lab. I'm doing an experiment. You're Something is a lab happening. Coat. No, no lab coat. I oh, wish. really? No, but Did I make you do it. No, because it wasn't dangerous. There was no reason to cover our clothes because nothing was happening. This was like salt water we're messing with, you know. <laughs> and so I, I had the little the jar and the pipette, and I remember I, I sucked some up, and I'm doing the thing. And I'm super excited that something's actually happening. And I turn around and I put it in the next, like, solution that we needed. And my teacher saw me and freaked out, like, over the whole class. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm doing the experiment. He's like, no. He comes over and he's, like, freaking out. He's like, you just put that pipette from this bottle into that bottle? Yeah. Like, that's what you told us to do. He's like, no. You have to use a different pipette. Now you messed up the molecular volume and I don't know, he's going on and on, like freaking out that I just messed up this whole solution that he had made prior to the class Mm -hmm. because I didn't even, I didn't drop anything in there. All I did was put the empty pipette in the other bottle and he's like melting down in front of everybody. And so like, you know, of course, internally I just die Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I remember that 20 years later. Because it was just completely horrifying to me. Well, yeah. This thing that I'd waited for mm-hmm. my whole life was ruined because dude called me out yeah. in front of everybody, completely humiliated me, uh-huh. and, you know, then it was just, it was all over for me. I think I went and sat in my car and cried. Do uh-huh. <laughs> some now. Well, well, you know. <laughs> oh. Science. That's why I don't want to go back to school. Mm. <laughs> Screw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I took biology and we had to dissect a baby pig. And yeah. I could not do it. My lab partner had to do it because, like, it was, like, I felt like I was going to throw up. Like, yeah. I was, like, literally the whole time we were in there, I was just like, don't throw up. Don't mm-hmm. throw up. Don't throw up. And, like, and the teacher is this little Indian woman. 
she's was like, the city central. Yeah. Okay, I know who I know who you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> she like made fun of me for like why? There is no way that it's like you're the first person to get nauseated dissecting mm-hmm. fetal pigs. Like, if that's her reaction, she yeah. shouldn't be doing what she's doing. I mean, she, she has mm. other problems, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, we did dissect. I did take um, an invertebrate zoology class with Dr. Wooley. I wanted the vertebrate zoology class. I wanted the fetal pigs and the cats that had been euthanized at the Humane Society. Mm -hmm. I missed that class by a semester. So I took invertebrate zoology and we dissected earthworms and horseshoe crabs and something else. Oh, jellyfish. Yeah. And he even let me bring my brother. You can dissect the jellyfish. Well, there's not much to it. Um, But they do have four stomachs. Here's the fish. And now here's the jelly. (laughs) Basically, all we did was put a pin in each of its stomachs. (laughs) Found them! (laughs) But he let me bring my brother to do the horseshoe crab one because Lance was super excited about it, too. We were both, you know, weird like that. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And he, I guess he wasn't in school at that point. I appreciate people who can do that. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. But even though I loved it, it did make me squeamish. Uh-huh. We had to move the fetal pigs out uh-huh. of our way because the class before us was working on them. And they would just leave them. Like, they'd pack them up. But then we had to put yeah, them in the... You have to pack them up uh-huh. and put them back in, uh-huh. like, a bag yeah. with the solution in it. Yeah. And it's, like... They're floating around in there. Yeah. But see, like... I can still smell it. I, I don't know what it is about. I'm just, like... My curiosity overcomes all of that. The formaldehyde... Is hard to overcome. Uh huh. Yeah, I can still smell it if I think about it. I well, me too, because they did the same thing to the earthworms. Uh huh. Like every time I go to an open casket funeral, Boom. it all comes back. Oh god, because I can smell uh-huh. it. And it's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't. And sad. that's why I, I won't have an open casket casket funeral. <laughs> I have given. My loved ones, two options uh-huh. for my funeral. You can put me in a casket, and you can prop me up vertically in a corner so I can watch the whole thing. <laughs> Closed. Okay. I'll be there, but you can't see me. Or. The way I would prefer it in real life, too. <laughs> or you can cremate me. Okay. And scatter my ashes in the, the field behind my house. Okay. I wonder which one I would one prefer the do. second one. <laughs> but either way, my three songs that I have requested are uh, Blessed Assurance mm-hmm. for the hymn. And There Was Jesus by, you know, like Zach, I want to say Efron. He doesn't sing it. Zach Williams or whatever. And Dolly Parton. Okay. And 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Bye Bye, Bye Little Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's, it's out there now. Now you have to do it. <laughs> if you don't do it... But I will come back and haunt you. That's how it's going to mm. go. I want those three songs at my... Not necessarily funeral. I don't like funerals as much as, like, life celebrations. You're going to serve zebra cakes, okay? There's <laughs> yes. going to be zebra cakes for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's going to be balloons. There's going to be those, those three songs. Okay. Okay? That's okay. all I ask. Mm. Do that or I will haunt you. I hope to never attend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just die at the same time. Deal.
Okay. Okay. That's the way to do it. Okay. <laughs> Whoever contracts a terminal disease has to also contract another terminal disease at the same time. Boy, that's hard to coordinate. <laughs> You know, I think for a long time I didn't realize that I struggled with self-esteem. Even though I can remember being a kid and deciding it wasn't for me, I didn't realize it was an issue. I thought I was fine. And I thought that I was doing what I needed to do for myself. And the farther I get in life, the more I realize I was neglecting my soul. I was neglecting my body. People that are taking care of themselves, rarely throw out the, a disc in their back the way that I did. I was not, I wasn't actually hearing the Holy Spirit. I was hearing the version of the Holy Spirit that, that I was believing existed without actually making sure it was the real one. Does that make sense? Explain. Well, I think because of growing up, like thinking that there was like something basically worth less about me. It, it kind of shut me down to, like, standing up for myself. You know, if something was hurting me, I didn't necessarily recognize it until it was too late. You know, it would keep happening until the damage was done. And, and one of those things was I tried so hard to fit into the the image that I was explicitly and implicitly being told would glorify God the most without making sure that was actually what God had for for me, personally. I was trying so hard at so many of the wrong things without realizing it, and it half killed me. I wasn't doing a service to my family. I wasn't actually serving my husband because I wasn't standing up to him when he needed me to, you know, because I believed that I wasn't, quote, allowed to or whatever in order to fit into this perception that I had allowed to infiltrate my heart. This is just basic boundaries we're talking, right? Yes. Like, because when you don't think you're as valued as other people, uh -huh. then you will allow all kinds of those things. Well, that's exactly what I was going to get to. That's like my next note. So I legit believed that... Uh, the phrase dying to self. Mm -hmm. In my head, I equated that to just a lack of boundaries to just be whatever somebody else was telling me to be without actually checking mm -hmm. you know, with, with God. Excuse me. Anyway, I didn't know what boundaries were. Same. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. Me too. I mean, we are talking in the last year. Mm -hmm. I read the book Boundaries for the first time. Yeah. And it blew my mind. You know who wrote it? Yeah. Cloud and Townsend. That one? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm reading it right now. Yeah, good. It'll change your life. Oh. Absolutely changed my life. And I had Tim read it, and we're both just blown away. This book is about us. Mm. That we just had, we had zero boundaries. We didn't recognize them for other people. Because, like, we've just been kind of going through life not standing up for ourselves. You know, because we didn't, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, that's kind of an outline of where we've been. Yeah. I think. A good word would be trying to deconstruct. Absolutely. A lot of stuff that was 
Constructed poorly. Yes. Deconstruct is another word that has certain connotations, mm-hmm. but we're not getting into that too much. It's It'll just, be a different episode. Exactly. It's just. Oh, a, I feel like that's sorry. That's the, like the whole series of this is deconstructing. But, right. Yeah. yeah. It's because it is important when you get to a point in your life where you realize you have been believing and doing things that are not healthy for you and that God does not call you to, then it's necessary, you know, and it is the right thing to do deconstruct those things that have been keeping you from where God wants you to be. So that's where we're at. I think both of us can say that about our lives. Yeah. We are able to evaluate these things and see them for more of what they are. And we're in the process of reconstructing. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I made a weird noise there because process is a big word. (laughs) I don't ever want anyone to think that I have this figured out. What did you do? You like, I did like a whip sound, yeah. <laughs> Processing. <laughs> yes, do it faster. I would love to speed up the process, but it just, it is what it is. And God's got us where he wants us. And so that's what we're doing. We are processing this together and everybody just gets to listen to Literally it. Literally right now, yeah. This is what's happening. This is part of it. Yeah. So that's what I hope uh, our listeners are hearing Like in the first part. Like, I am just, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm looking at my life and I'm trying to weed out the, the weeds, trying to pluck those weeds that are keeping me from a healthy relationship with myself, with God, with other people. Get them out of here. Mm. So that's what we're doing. That's very biblical. I think so. Yeah. Um, I also know that where I land on some things is going to be different from where some other people land. There's going to be disagreements. I'm just saying this is where I'm at. You know, I am not claiming to have my thumb on the wisdom of any given, this is my thumb, (laughs) any given issue. I'm just saying I am on a journey and I started in one place and I have moved farther down the road. I currently find myself at this place mm. in the road. That's beautiful. I don't intend on staying here. I know how this process works enough to know this is just a stop along the journey and every day moving forward closer to Jesus. Absolutely. That's the goal. And every time I have these kind of conversations, I always uh, like to uh, cap it with like, we get to taste these little bits of restoration and healing here and now um, Mm -hmm. and we like those are just slight glimpses glimpses of of heaven and of um that kingdom Mm -hmm. what we were made for yeah Mm -hmm. where we can dwell in peace and not have to process pain but we can be in an eternal processing of love and yeah and peace yeah and harmony and god mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah i'm grateful for you sharing um where you're at right now and how you got here and where you want to go and like so thank you for mm-hmm. like just being open and real because um i need that i need it too yeah that's why doing this together so i need to know where you've been and where you're going and i need that kind of encouragement as well so that's what we're doing and i do have notes (laughs) it's the first time you've had notes i've never used notes before because i just figured i would show up 
and just... BS. Yeah, BS my way through whatever subject <laughs> we had for the day. But this one is, this subject is so big. And it's really important. And yeah. it's so important. Mm-hmm. And it is so very dear to my heart. I knew I was going to need a little bit of restraint. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did over the week. I kind of wrote some things down. I wrote down some things to hit on, uh, you know, where I have been. But I also wrote down some things to hit on for where I find myself now mm-hmm. that counteract some of that. So, um, like, some of the things that I never allowed myself to really think about or accept or believe before recently is, uh, like, things that just kind of seem obvious when you think about it. Like, the fact that we are created by God. Which means that he made us the way that we are on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, God is God. He made us in his image. And he He made us the way he wanted to. Like each of us. Mm-hmm. Each of us individually are made the way God wanted us to be. Beautiful. And like to some people this might seem obvious. But this like when I sit on it. And I actually think about it, it blows my mind and at the same time makes me want to puke and cry Mm -hmm. because of what it actually means. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it means that I was made as a girl who likes some boy things, you know, quote boy things, because I know that, you know, playing in the dirt and wanting to join the Boy Scouts and stuff isn't necessarily like a boy thing because, you know boys have the interesting stuff to do that's not a girl's fault but uh like he he did that he made me that way because it brings him joy to do so you know and he gave me the interests that i have because he's interested in them too you know because that's part of him that he put into me and so when we can hear the message that like we're not acceptable to god except for the sacrifice that jesus made you know like apart from christ we are, you know, disgusting and gross and God can't look at us. Makes it sound like God can't look at us unless there's a Jesus bag over our heads, mm. you know? And I'm realizing more and more that he loved us before he even died for us. Before Christ's sacrifice was even made, he loved us. And he did look on us with love mm. and acceptance and joy, you know? And that is because of the inherent intrinsic value that I have as his child. Mm-hmm. It is completely separate from anything that I do or any relationship that I am in that is just in relationship to him as his child. And so that's where I try to land when I start realizing, you know, again, I'm struggling with like self-esteem issues or whatever. And it still feels so wrong to like really lean into that thought. I still have to struggle with, no, like, you're not a piece of crap. You're not unlovable. You're not inherently worth less than somebody else. You are worthy of the love that God is wanting to give you, that he does give you, that you are living in right now. Yeah, you're not a mistake. You're here for a reason. There is nothing about you that is a mistake. And that I still, even right now as I say it in my head, Mm -hmm. I think, oh, well, you know, what about, you know, this problem that, you know, what about your rage? What about your tiny boobs? What about you know anything else? You know, these things aren't really God's ideal, right? Hmm. Well, yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. So 
You know, I don't know if that struggle will ever go away. I hope that it does. I pray that it does. I hope that my kids can live a more, (laughs) a life more free from that kind of thing. I hope they never know that struggle like that, you know, but so that's, that's where I want to be. Those are where I'm actively working on. Okay. That's where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Trying to know that and live it for real mm-hmm. and figure out what that looks like. So what about you, Marge? Is there like a truth that you have that you're trying to latch onto, counteract some of the other voices? Yeah. I, um, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like a daily thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you deal with the thoughts and the feelings as they come. Yeah. Rather than, like, I don't know, the opposite of that would be, like, going to a conference and then expecting your life to be different. <laughs> Which I did regularly. Right. You know, you read this book, go to this conference. Yeah. Right. Take this class. That's not... I can't speak for everyone. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I think just in becoming more... By being more aware of who God is, learning who God is, not from other people so much. Yeah. Learning who he is from scripture. Mm-hmm. Learning who he is through finding truth. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people have definitely helped, but they haven't been the people I thought they would be. Like, I had to go to secular counseling mm-hmm. to find hope. Yeah. And that's kind of messed up. And I'm sorry. Anyway, I, I think with everything you just said, like, that's really powerful stuff. And, um... Even, like, listening back to this later, like, I want you to, like, hear yourself say that to yourself, you know? I'm like... I'll make it my ringtone. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I need to hear it again, too. Mm-hmm. And so don't stop talking about it, okay? I gotta talk about it, because that's how it becomes more real in my brain. Yeah. You know? Like, we're talking about processing things. That's what cements it. By talking about it. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are probably hearing me say these things like, God didn't make a mistake when he made me. And they're like, well, that's obvious. But I'm, I'm saying it's not obvious to everybody. Right. And so that's right. why we're talking about this. That, you know, I've had to process a lot of these things to realize that if I have low self-esteem, it's like I'm saying to God that he messed up. Mm. And so I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to value myself the way that God does. Right. And I want to look at the Bible and all of scripture and not just land on one verse and use that to try to inform everything about the way I should be. I want to look at all of scripture and what it says. Cause if you pick and choose a verse, it'll be like, you know, like uh, Romans what was it 12 something. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that's been given you or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can land on that and be like, well, that says, right? you know, that's listening to that voice that says, well, you're thinking about yourself too much or you're, you're getting too, too prideful or whatever. For every one look you take at yourself, take 10 looks at God, Mm -hmm. you know? So there is that verse in the Bible, but the all... The whole not that text. No, not that. That was yeah. Robert Murray McShane or whoever. Not the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, but the Romans verses in the Bible, and so what I've done historically is land on these verses and try to beat myself up with them. Basically, mm-hmm. like here you need to look like this. 
Read the whole Bible. Mm. What does it say in the whole scope of the Bible about who we are? It says we're God's children and that he cares more about our hearts than he does about the things that we do or the words that we say or the way we look. That's what he died for, for our hearts. Mm. Not so that we can try to fit ourselves into some box. Right. Or meet some expectation. Right. Or whatever. That's really good. And I think um, if you've listened to this this far and you, like, don't really know what we're talking about, that's okay. Half the time I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I think we, like, like we've been saying the whole time, like, everyone is perceiving things differently and has their own view of, um, of who God is. And mm-hmm. um, I just, like, as we're all learning, as we're all growing mm-hmm. together... Into the image of his beloved son. Mm. Like, I think it can be a beautiful thing to have these kind of conversations. To have, if you, like, if you don't understand what we're saying, or you've never experienced what we're saying, and, like, one, like, good for you. (laughs) Yeah, what must that be like? (laughs) No, but that comes with a whole other set of struggles. Yeah. And, like, just know that, like, we're all on the same team here, you know? Yeah. Like, we're all pressing on for the prize set before us and we're not talking about it to be like oh poor lisa and marge oh man their lives have been so tough no yeah i think go ahead i was just gonna say like we're we're putting it out there so that we can have like unity right within the community right better understanding of where each other is at Mm -hmm. like i listen to a lot of other people's podcasts and whatnot because i want to understand i want to know what life is like for people that don't have these kinds of yeah. Struggle so that I can meet them where they're at. Right. So the best I can do is just be honest with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want to have people on too that have completely different perspectives as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's happening. Like, yeah, yeah. Just so God is so multifaceted mm. that I love that word that you used the other day. Mm-hmm. And He's not a God that should be limited because He has none. Right. Know? And like, so that I think, well, I know. That he's bigger than any of us mm-hmm. can perceive right now. Yeah. And he's way more loving than you could ever think or imagine. And he's way more holy. He's way more wrathful. He's way more whatever than you could ever think or imagine. Because we are not capable. We have limits. And the limits we have include not knowing him fully. Right. Now I see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been made fully known. Like, look at us quoting scripture today. <laughs> we haven't quoted the office yet. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We'll quote scripture. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Because yeah. it's just a taste. It's just like a teaser trailer, you know? It's like, right. This is how much you get right now. Uh huh. Have faith in me that it's going to get better. So much better and bigger. And while things, like, suck right now, mm-hmm. or while things are great right now, mm. you can't imagine what it's going to be like to not even need the sun anymore. Yeah. To not even need... We won't need to spend hours trying to understand where each other is coming from. Right. Because there will be no miscommunication. There will be no more pain or suffering or disunity right will only mm-hmm. be the opposite mm-hmm. and we have no idea what that looks like but like let's work towards that right now yes you know 
And I don't know, I'm just really grateful for our conversations and yeah, that too. we get to post them online. <laughs> yeah. And then people actually listen to it. Yeah. It's cool. Still blows my mind. That's really cool that people are listening. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Yeah. This is another long one, I guess, but... They're, we'll see. They're used yeah. to it by now. <laughs> yeah. We were originally shooting for like 15 minutes, I think, and that's just not happening. I mean, we just have so much good stuff. We do. We can't deprive the people that's of true. the good stuff. Yeah. So... Give the people what Give they the want. Give the people what they and want. And we are the people, and so. we want more. <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep talking. <laughs> it's good stuff. It it's is. good good conversation that will continue. Part one. This is just part one of many. Yeah. Any closing remarks? Uh, how many how many addresses do we have for stickers? We actually have one. Good. That's All right. More than I thought. Hey. <laughs> I have received also one. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's two, actually. No, but we did actually get the stickers in. They do yeah, exist. I'm not so just cool. lying. We have actual merch. I, th- I was They're like, legit stickers. I don't know what I was expecting, but this is like a it exceeds premium expectations. sticker. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was so excited. She, uh, Lisa set her phone down on my desk and was like, you know, nonchalantly like she does. And, well, there's always Mr. Bean on the back, but. Right. He's waving at you. Yeah. Which made me smile, but there was a Lord Bear Me Strength sticker on the back as well. There it is. And I, like, lost it. I don't like to fangirl, but I actually... (laughs) You fangirl over your own podcast. I might have fangirled. I think that's completely appropriate. But they are. They're die-cutting everything. (laughs) Now she gets it! (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that. (laughs) They're so cool. Yeah, I mean, not gonna gonna lie. Turned out well. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, get, I'm saying you want one. Send us your address. Mm-hmm. Do it. I mean, are we gonna hand them out to people though? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll like knock on doors and stuff. I would just stick them on their doors. Yeah. <laughs> Peel it, stick it, no. walk away. <laughs> <laughs> cars. I think that's what we should do to tag cars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All over town. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. We'll see how long it takes people to notice. We that's should put good. them in like random spots, like on a tire or something. Yes. Make people deal with it. And then the whole time they're scraping it off, they can be like, I need to check out this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got to sign off. Email us your address at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Leave a like or a comment or a review or whatever. You could actually, if you want to review us on Spotify... Most of you are on Spotify. That would help us out. Yeah. So so do that and we'll give Apple. you a sticker, whether you want one or not. Yeah. But you have to send us your address or you don't get one because we're not just going to know where you live. We're not going to just hunt you down. Yeah. And find you. We don't have time for that. But we might, if we see you in real life, we might just hand it to you and then make you accept it for fear of hurting our feelings. So brace yourself. Yeah. Because it'll be like... Be, be prepared to accept the sticker. It'll be like Michael when he finds out that Jim and Pam are engaged. And he just runs up to Jim and tackles him. Tackles him, yes. We will tackle but, you with stickers. But we'll actually give you something. Yeah. And it is a sticker. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.
Where did my other paper go? You're sitting on it. Am I? Oh, I found it. <laughs> no, I found it. <laughs>